0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. I want you to take your Bible and let's go to Psalm 33 today, and um, don't go to the slides. we we're, we're, uh, we're we were supposed to start a brand new series in Judges this morning, but. We're changing it, and uh, so you can just put, the, uh, just put the consumed up, and I, I realize the time, and, and I just want to, I want to really just want to talk to you this morning, a uh, message that the Lord's kind of put on my heart for a long time, and uh, so you'll kind of work with me on this one, and I think it'll be a help today, but let's stand together. We're going to go to Psalm 33 this morning. Psalm chapter number 33. And I really just want to read, I want to read the whole Psalm with you. It's a great place in scripture. The verses won't be on the screen today because of the change, but Psalm chapter 33 and beginning in verse number one, the word of God says this, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord stand forever the thoughts of His heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, He beholdeth the, all the sons of man. From the place of His habitation He looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, and He considereth all their works. Their king, there is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength, and horse is a vain thing for safety, neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. When you look at this psalm, I believe that the psalmist is really trying to draw our attention. And the attention of, I believe, Psalm 33 is really focusing in on one key. And that simple key is this that God blesses the person and God blesses the nation who puts him first. That's Psalm 33. God blesses the person and God blesses the nation who puts him first. We're going to discover this truth today out of Psalm 33, just very quickly this morning. But before we get in the word of God, I want to ask you, if you would, to just talk to the Lord in your own heart. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you take a moment and would you invite God to speak to you today? And you can pray something simple of, dear God, please speak to me. Dear God, please speak to my heart this morning. And if you would, would you just commit to God that as you are listening to him, as you are listening to him today, that you'll respond however he speaks. Dear Lord, we wanna come before you and I wanna thank you, Father. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for how you use it to shape us and to help us And Father, I pray that today you would help us to understand that when we put you on the throne of our heart, that there is no telling what you can do with us. So God, I pray that you'd bless our time. Speak through me. Help the words, everything that is said and done to be you and you alone. We love you. We thank you for your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated this morning. I don't know if you are like me, but have you ever uh, maybe been wandering uh, out in the snow? How many of you like playing in the snow? I know growing up, I loved playing in the snow. And one of the things that I would always enjoy about the snow, of course, making snowmen and snow angels and doing that. But one of the things I always loved to do was to destroy a fresh snow. How many of you know what I mean by that? You know, you destroy a fresh snow by right after that snow falls and you look at it and people are taking pictures, how beautiful it is. Uh, I like to be the one. My sisters, they would be like, oh, Dennis, look, it's so great. And you know what I'd do? I'd be like, yeah, it's wonderful. And do my snow dance. I'm not gonna ask how many of you did a snow dance because I don't know if you'll admit it today. But you know what? I've realized if you were to go to snow, you ever realized how easy it is to not walk in a straight line in snow. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that you can be with a friend or something like that and you can say, all right, we're gonna race and, and were, gonna, we're gonna race down to the, to the end of the block or the end of the street or we're just gonna begin running. And if you, for any length of time, take your eyes off of the target, your path is going to really get off course, isn't it? Boy, the path's gonna really get off course, and maybe you've looked back uh, at your footprint, at your footprints in the snow, and you look back and you realize, wow, I, I do not know how to walk straight. Man, it, it's I, I haven't, I have, I've had no Listerine today. There's been, there's no alcohol in my system, and yet, it's not a straight path. You know, what the simple truth is, is that when you and I get our focus off of the goal. We get off course. When we get our focus off the goal, we get off course. As you and I come to Psalm chapter number 23, what we find is the psalmist giving us a few thoughts. I want you to notice first of all today, the psalmist giving us what I'm calling the realization of God's control. The realization of God's control. I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to look with me at just a, a few verses as we go through, and really this is interspurting our, in our uh, through this passage, but you look at verse number one, the psalmist says this, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely. Praise the Lord with harps, sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument. Uh, verse ten, sing, or verse three, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a, skillfully with a loud noise. So verses one through three is just kind of calling us to praise the Lord. But I want you to notice, uh, skip down to verse number seven. Notice what the psalmist says, he says this, for he, speaking of God, he gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Here's what the psalmist is doing as you go through the first nine verses of Psalm 23. He's simply saying, hey, we need to praise the Lord, verse one through three, because God's word works, verses four through six, but then verse seven through nine, he's calling, kind of culminating all of these thoughts to say this, you and I need to realize who God is. Hey, he's the one who formed the waters. He's the one who formed the earth. He's the one who's in control. Look at verse number nine and what he says. He says, for he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood still. When you look at, or it stood fast, when you look at these verses, what the psalmist is doing is he's trying to bring the real. Realization to the reader of, hey, you need to understand and recognize who God is. It is God alone that stands on the throne. It is God alone that we worship. It is God alone who deserves to be praised. It is God. He's the reason that you have breath. He's the reason that you have anything good in your life. Why? Because he spoke and it happened. Verses one through nine, it's the realization of who God is, the realization of his authority, the realization of his uh, deserving of the throne ship. If I can use that phrase, he's trying to help us understand, hey, you need to realize, first of all, you need to realize who God is. Can I tell you this morning that it would be wise for us every now and then to once again, realize who God is, because here's what happens. All too often, we begin to think that we are on the throne in our life. We begin to think that we are in control of our situations. And this morning, may we be reminded to come back with the psalmist to Psalm 33 to say, God, I again realize that you are on the throne. I again realize that you are in control. I see, first of all, this morning, the realization of God's control. But I want you to notice, secondly, with me today, what I'm looking at is the recognition of God's control. Not only realizing it, but recognizing it. Look at verse number 10. Here's what the psalmist says. He says, the Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth sure. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. You see, here's what the psalmist does. He comes and he says, hey, listen, you not only need to realize God is in control, but you need to recognize that personally in your own life. And how do I do that? Well, you gotta understand that it's God that directs the heart. He brings the counsel of the heathen to naught." You can go and uh, anybody in here, you like history, you like history. A lot of people like history. I know John, my friend back here, uh, John, we like history. We talk about history. And uh, if you begin to do some research on history, you will find that some of the greatest masterminds of war were defeated through simple little things. You'll find that even uh, Napoleon and his downfall was, he was defeated from simple little misses along the way. Well, that to me is kind of what verse uh, 10 is saying, verse uh, 10 and 11. He bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. The, the people who don't know the Lord, they think, well, we're gonna do this or I'm gonna go here. Matthew 6 says, we're gonna go and reap and I'm gonna sow and do this and plant more vineyards and build more storehouses. I have my plans, but God brings the counsel of the heathen to naught. He says, no, I'm, I'm still in control of this. We need to have the realization that God is in control, but then the recognition of God's control, understanding that not only do we realize he's in control, but I recognize him in control of my own life. Verse number 11, look at what it says. It says, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. I believe the psalmist is trying to bring the focus in to say, hey, listen, God brings the counsel of the heathen to naught. He, he helps them understand he's in control. Don't let that happen in your, li- in your life. Just recognize verse 11 to be true that the counsel of the Lord that standeth forever and the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Hey, if his counsel stands forever, where should I turn to counsel? I should turn to him. Why? Because he is God alone. Why? Because he is the one who created it all. Verse number nine. And so there's this realization of God's control, the recognition of God's control. But then I want you to realize where I want to spend a few moments today is verse number 12. And this is the reward for recognizing God's control. Notice the reward for this recognition of God's control. Verse 12, it says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own Inheritance. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. If you were to go and look up that word blessed in the, in the New Testament, the Greek word for it, it's similar to the Hebrew, or, or the Hebrew word for it that you find in the Old Testament. And it simply means this divine joy. That's what the word blessed would break down to divine joy. So in knowledge of knowing that definition, you look at that, it says blessed or divine joy belongs to the nation whose God is the Lord. And if you have a Bible there this morning, uh, you probably realize that the word Lord is L-O-R-D, all caps, that means Jehovah God. So here's what God is simply saying through the psalmist that divine joy belongs to those who worship Jehovah God. Divine joy belongs to the nation that worships Jehovah God. That's the reward when you and I not only realize that he is in control and then recognize it personally, the reward then is divine joy. The reward then is complete peace that kind of reminds me of a new testament passage in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 through 30 where God said or Jesus said come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and ye shall find rest unto your souls the phrase rest unto your souls it means peace in the inner heart so here's what the psalmist is getting at you need to remember that god is in control but not only do you need to remember it, realize it, you need to make it true in your own life. And when you make it true in your own life, God says all bring peace, all bring divine joy into your life. Now I want you to think with me just for a moment about the phrase, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We had our representatives up here just a few moments ago and many of them, many of them very readily admitted our nation isn't where it should be. And I, I think everyone, regardless of political party, regardless of uh, uh, who you vote for or don't vote for, I think every person living in America would probably say, you know, things aren't looking the way that I think they should be looking. Things aren't really getting a lot better in our country. Would you agree with that? There are some things, but man, as a whole, we would probably say, I don't believe this is what the forefathers intended. So here we are standing and the forefathers, they started the track in the snow. They started trudging along. And every time a generation came on, that generation they'd pass the baton onto. And now here we are looking back. And if we look back, we're gonna see that our line is way off from where it should be. Well, why is the line way off from where it should be? Because we've lost the focus. We're not dialed in on where we should be. Well, who should I be dialed in on? God. Who should have the throne of my heart? God. Who should have full access to every area of my life? God. Who's the one who should be able to override any decision I make? God. Why is our nation that way? it's because we've taken God off the throne. We've taken God off of being the one that we turn to. We've taken God off of the one being the the one that we focus on. And you and I probably would readily admit our nation is off course because God is no longer the God of this nation. But I'd like to bring it down even a little bit further this morning and help us understand that God cannot be the God of a nation unless he's the God of an individual. You see, because our nation is made up of individuals. And the reason that our nation often doesn't go the direction it should is because we as individuals often don't go the direction that we should. Well, Pastor Dennis, how do we change that? Well, just like the answer for the nation is putting God back on the throne, the answer for you and I as a person is putting God back on the throne. And today, whether you're an elected official who's seeking wisdom about a decision on a bill or whether you're a businessman who's seeking direction on a new business deal, Or maybe you're a mom who's uh, trying to figure out how to raise the kids and work that. Maybe you're just a a man who just works the line and kind of just getting up and going to the factory every day. Whatever position you hold in community, whatever position you hold in Moses Lake or Quincy or Ephrata or Spokane or Seattle or Olympia, whatever position it is, if you want to go a straight line, we've got to keep our focus on the right thing. And that right thing is the Lord Jesus Christ. That right one is Jehovah God understanding that if he is not on the throne of my heart, my course is gonna veer off. I wanna ask you this morning, who's on the throne of your heart? I wanna ask you today, who's on the throne of our nation? Well, it certainly isn't God. If we wanna put God back on the throne of our nation, we've gotta put God back on the throne of our hearts. If you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your savior, listen, oftentimes it's easy to not have him as the king of my heart on the throne. It's easy to, Kind of get misdirected and misguided and oh we won't commit idolatry and bowing to a false idol. None no one in here is probably going to set up an idol and go home and bow to it. But we have we have the idols of self, we have the 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 idols of work, we have the idols of money, we have the idols of fame. We have a lot of different little areas, and those are the idols that sit upon the thrones of our heart. And I want to encourage you today that if you don't, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's been a time in your life when you trusted him as your savior. Today you need to determine that I I don't want to lose focus. I don't want my path to veer off. No, I want to put Jesus on the throne of my heart and then watch him make my path straight. It says this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And what's he going to do? He's going to direct your path. That word direct, it means make straight your path. But all of that comes only as I put God on the throne of my heart. I hope the decision that everyone would make today is God, I want to put you on the throne of my heart. If you know Christ, that it wouldn't be finances or anything like that, but it'd be Jesus. But this morning, I want to close by this. Maybe you're here, and the reason you can't put Jesus on the throne of your heart is because he's not even in your heart. You say, Pastor Dennis, what do you mean by that? I want to ask you a very simple question for every single person. If you died today, if you were to, something happen and you were to slip into eternity today, are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? Maybe you're here and you'd say, well, you know, I'm 95% sure. I'm No, are you 100% sure? Well, pastor, I've been baptized. Listen, baptism cannot take away your sin and take you to heaven. Well, pastor, I'm a, I'm a really good person. I, I go to church every week. Going to church and being a good person cannot and will not take a person to heaven. Well, pastor, I do a lot of really good deeds. I mean, I, I wake up in the morning and I, I go through my day with the mentality of who can I serve. Listen, that's great. But that mentality and that ideology will not get us to heaven. The only way that a person gets to heaven is by having Jesus Christ in their life. By having a time when they asked Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sin and to be their savior. Listen, going to heaven is not based upon who we are. It's based upon what Jesus has already done when he died on the cross. You see, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came, God came down to earth in the form of man. He lived a perfect life. And at the end of 33 years, the Bible tells us that he laid down his life. He was crucified on a cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, he laid down his life and died upon the cross for your sin and my sin. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The entire reason Jesus went to the cross is because you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. But the Bible tells us that he didn't just go to the cross and die, but three days later, he rose again from the dead. And why did he rise again from the dead? He rose from the dead to prove to you that he is God and to prove to you that he can be trusted. You see, he died for our sins and then he rose to prove that he is God. But all of that means nothing if you just know it and don't do anything with it. The cross of Jesus Christ, his death, burial and resurrection, it means nothing unless you make it personal to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. You see my friend, God loves you so much that he would send his son to die for you. And then he would continually continually come after you and seek you to say, hey, you need me. Salvation or going to heaven isn't in your church. It's not in a pastor or a bishop or an elder or whatever other religious, it's not in a religious, um, what she say it was? A coordinator, what Miss Judy said a little bit ago. It's not in a religious coordinator. Me going, it's not in a chaplain. Me going to heaven is not based upon anybody else except what I do with Jesus Christ. And so I want, I want to ask you, you say, pastor, I want him on the throne of my heart. He can't be on the throne of your heart unless he's in your heart, unless you've received him as your savior. I want to ask you, has there been a time in your life when you put all of your faith and all of your trust in him alone? There's a lot of folks in here, you know it up here, but have never received it in your heart, in your, into your life. And I wanna ask you today, would you make that decision today? Because God desires to be on the throne of your life. He desires to be on the throne of our nation, but none of that's gonna take place if he's not even involved. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed this morning and with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wanna ask a couple of questions. The first one today is this, if you're here and you'd be honest, I'm not gonna call you by name or or embarrass you. I'm not gonna come to you right now. But if you're here today and you'd be honest, you'd say, Pastor Dennis, I know for certain, I know that I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my life and be my savior. I know that I've put my faith and trust in him. I know that I've done that. I know that no one's looking around. You say, Pastor, I know that. If you would slip your hand right up and right back down. Pastor Dennis, I know that I've done that. Just right up and right back down. Now, maybe you're here and you could not raise your hand. You don't know if you died today that you're going to heaven. If that's you this morning, and you'd be honest, Pastor Dennis, I do not know if I died today, I'm going to heaven. I don't know that I've put my faith and trust in him alone. I don't know that. If that's you this morning, I'd like to pray for you. I'm not gonna embarrass you or come to you right now, but again, Pastor Dennis, I do not know if I died today that I'm going to heaven. Would you slip your hand right up and right back down? Pastor Dennis, I don't know that. Just right up and right back down. Now today, maybe you raised your hand or you did not raise your hand. I wanna encourage you that you could make the decision right now where you're seated. You could make the decision to receive Christ into your life right where you're seated. You say, pastor, I don't know how to do that. It's simple. The Bible says that we confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart. And if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ right there where you're seated, you could pray something like this, just in the quietness of your own heart, dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned against you. And I know that you died on the cross for my sin. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and to be my savior. I'm putting my faith in you alone. Again, if you're here and you wanna make the decision right now to receive Christ, it's not a prayer that saves you, it's just you admitting that you know you're a sinner, and that you know he died and rose for you, and that you're putting your faith and trust in him. I wonder this morning, maybe you're here and you'd say, pastor, just now, just now I made that decision. Just now I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. Just now I put my faith in him alone. If that's a decision that you made, would you slip your hand right up and right back down if that's a decision that you made this morning? Praise the Lord. If you made that decision today. Let me know on your way out. I'd love to talk with you about that decision. But for everyone here that knows for sure, maybe you know Christ as your savior, you know you're going to heaven. I wanna ask you who's on the throne of your life? Who's on the throne of your life? Maybe it's been the job, maybe it's been the family. Maybe it's been a position. Today, would you make the decision, God, I wanna put you back on the throne of my heart. God, I wanna put you back on the throne of my heart each and every day, giving you first place. God, I pray that you'd help our invitation time. I pray that you'd help us as we respond to your word, that we'd put you back on the throne of our lives and that we'd put you back on the throne in our nation. We love you. We thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.